This morning we have some testimonies that we would like to share with you, and we trust that they will warm your heart as you hear the work that God has been doing. So let me invite our guests that are coming forward to share. They can make their way up onto the platform, and then give them uh, your attention, and let's give them a warm welcome as they get ready to share what God has been doing in their hearts this year. Good morning. I'm Wes Miller. I'm one of the elders here, and it's, I'm, I'm delighted to uh, be part of this testimony uh, service today. If you've worshipped with us for some time, you know that this has become a real tradition for us as we head into the end of the year. And um, the testimonies that have come over the years have been really inspirational and challenging to me personally. And uh, so I would hope that as, as you listen this morning, that uh, you would find your spirits challenged as well and, uh, and uplifted as well in, the, in what happens. It's my honor this morning to introduce uh, Brad and Susie Alders and, and their daughter Lily um, to you this morning. So uh, as we chatted before the service this morning, we realized that Brad and I actually have some way back connections in that. I know his grandparents, and his grandmother, who is still living, uh, is, is a neighbor of ours, not a very close one, but one out in the big city of Spring Mills. And, uh, and so it's, it's fun to know that we have that connection. And so they're going to talk to us a little bit this morning about how God's been dealing with them uh, this year and what's transpired in their life. So at this point, we'll turn it over to you to, to uh, carry on the conversation. Thank you, Wes. Thank you, church. Um, as he said, we're Brad and Susie Alters, um, and just a little bit about ourselves. Um, my family, the Battles family, Barb and Rich Battles, have been a part of the SBA for many, many years, and we've uh, been able to grow as a large family of, of 18 children, 15 adopted, and three biological, if you don't know that about our family already. Um, but we've grown up in the church and have just had uh, the wonderful experience of probably many of the elders and some of the older folks in the church to be our teachers throughout the Sunday school years. Um, and then Bradley's family came to the church. Probably about 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, um, and I've been a part of the church. So Bradley and I actually met um, through the youth group um, at the time um, through a church conference um, and just been really... Uh, fortunate to be able to get to know each other really well through that connection and grow up through the church. And um, of, of late, the last three years, we've been a part of a wonderful ministry, the ACF ministry, led by Dan and Nicole Min, um, and have just been a part of um, helping, mentoring, and, and leading uh, college students to be closer to God. So, yeah, if you don't see us past few years that's because we're up on campus now so. <laughs> we're not new to the church we've just been a part of the uh extension of the church in the student ministry and um so it was it was a wonderful to have um 
both Aaron and Amy Henning reach out to us um, a little bit earlier um, in the week or the week leading up to Christmas and ask whether or not we were um, willing and able to share our testimony in the last year. Um, we have definitely experienced God in a very big way um, in that we um, went through a fairly easy pregnancy um, uh, through the beginning of the year and really enjoyed that. But um, about 34 weeks into pregnancy, uh, unfortunately, uh, I got COVID and pneumonia and it was quite an experience that changed the last couple weeks of our pregnancy and being with Lily and just preparing to, to have her join our family. Um, so unfortunately, it was um, met with a 12-day stay at the hospital, local hospital here in town, and just being um, really vigilant on trying to take care of Lily as she was still just developing the last parts, uh, the last weeks of um, before joining our family. Um, and it was quite challenging in that um, we really had felt that we were doing a lot of the things to take precautions um, and really try to be healthy uh, for myself physically to, to be able to welcome Lily. So it definitely changed uh, a lot of our plans and a lot of our perspectives on um, how we would really start as a family of three. Um, and then uh, Bradley, would you like to talk about Lily's arrival? Yes, yeah, so um, when Lily came at 39 weeks, um, she had to be taken by emergency C-section. And shortly after she was here, um, they noticed her oxygen levels weren't all that good. And she was here at Mount Nittany for a couple days before then being uh, life-flighted to Geisinger Danville, where she was there for a couple days as well. And uh, when she arrived in Geisinger Danville, she was actually in the most serious um, section of the NICU with um, what meconium, mm -hmm. pneumothorax, and a collapsed lung. So she arrived in the most severe section and in like an instant in a day, we were told, hey, you're going to be going home tomorrow. And it was something that we still can't quite grasp and understand how she could be so bad even just that morning and then by the afternoon being told, eh, it looks like you're going to be out of here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely uh, quite the whirlwind for us in a you know, 36, 48-hour period of time um, of having her uh, enter the world and then being told that she would be taken. Um, so we had stayed behind um, at Mount Nittany to, uh, if anyone in the medical community knows, with C-sections, you do have to stay a little bit longer to heal. Um, but they were gracious to let us leave and, and join Lily the following day. Um, so Lily going through that and then just our, our little family um, experiencing a couple other medical um, setbacks that definitely um, threw us for a loop but allowed us to really learn how to, to lean on God in a completely different way than we've ever experienced before. So one of the things that appears to be a challenge in much of this is that um, during the whole COVID piece is that many people end up suffering alone and have isolation that is, um, that is part of that. How, do, how did you experience that? Well, it's interesting. I thought to myself when we were going through it and even after the fact that 
we've been able to process it um, over the last six months uh, with Lily here is that uh, if you know me well, you know that I'm a very extroverted personality, uh, very people person oriented. So I love conversation. I love being around individuals. Uh, so it was uh, quite, quite isolating to experience 12 days without uh, being at home with family, with my husband, being um, connected to even our church uh, in a more physical way. Um, so there was a lot of, um, just a lot of prayer being said over both of us in, in, in the situations that we were in, in that um, I am not used to being alone. I'm not used to not being able to connect in um, the same way that I've always been. But um, learning how to really lean on, um, lean on God and lean on, um, you know, the friends and family that we have, but in a very different way and communicating with them prayer needs um, that I never thought I would have to ask. Um, it's difficult to ask for help oftentimes. I think that we all experience that in one way or another, but even more so at this period of time for myself. Yeah, and that time when she was in the um, hospital, for the most part, she was really there, um, even though she did have a bad case of COVID and bad case of uh, pneumonia. Um, they were mostly just keeping her there in order to keep an eye on Lily, mm -hmm. which we were obviously super grateful for. But there were a few times when, um, so in the evenings after the doctor was like checking, fin had finished checking on his patients, he would uh, call me up and just kind of give me an update on um, Susie and Lily. And there were a couple times when he actually said like, you know, her condition's getting worse, you know, we're going to be trying this. And if things get worse, then we have to be trying this. And even a few times when um, I'd be talking to Susie on the phone while she was in there hearing the nurses in the background saying things like, yeah, we've had to increase her oxygen because she wasn't getting quite enough. So that was um, definitely really difficult and trying to kind of grasp with that fear of, okay, well, what could happen? And then even with, sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Lily, though, it was a little bit different because I felt like having gone through the, the kind of pain of dealing with how do you kind of deal with this fear, essentially. With Lily, um, I wasn't really all that afraid anymore. It's not that, you know, I wasn't obviously concerned or caring for her, but it was like I had learned kind of how to go through that a bit with um, Susie being in the hospital with COVID <laughs> and, of course, having a lot of the, the pastors and a lot of our um, ACF family kind of helping us with that situation. Mm -hmm. I think Lily's trying to tell us something here. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that is. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, it, it, the, uh, the, the first time on stage. Uh, yeah. So can you can you talk a little bit um, in a little bit more detail about um, how the church family came around you? Uh, like we, like I had said just a minute ago, um, it was interesting. I'm not used to. Um, leaning on others or asking for help, um, really admitting when I, I have a need. Um, I don't know if it's like a one out of 18 kid complex or something, <laughs> but uh, really trying to stay independent and um, stay put, put together. You know, um, un unfortunately, um, there are times um, that you really feel like you don't want to, you know, let your guard down and, and let others in. Um, for fear of not looking strong, um, not being able to handle things on your own. Um, but the church family was amazing from 
the minute that we shared with really close family and really close um, ACF family too, it, that where we were at, um, prayers poured out for us and prayers that um, we definitely felt on our side of things. Um, also just the support of the church family through um, meals, through being able to offer to do things for us um, in the home because Bradley, while I was in the hospital, Bradley took care of everything in the home as he always do did, but with, does, excuse me, but with just an amplified sense of things going on outside of his control. Um, so our church family really um, stepped up in a way that we never thought, even in our students, it's something to, to behold, to see <laughs> students come around you in a way and, and for them to rally their own families who may or may not know who we are within the ACF community, but really uh, apparently um, held us enough in, in, in care and love that they would, they would really support us in that way. Um, and well, so after all of this happened, then I was kind of hit with the possibility of maybe even having cancer. I had a, a two centimeter um, polyp removed from my colon and kind of that stress on top of then Susie being in COVID and um, Lily being life flighted, Susie then was hit with- uh, Shingles. Shingles. <laughs> <Jingles>. <laughs> So that was all in the span of like <laughs> two months maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were able to then meet with the elders and even have them kind of come around us and just pray over us. Yeah, absolutely. That was something that I was hoping you would mention and I was gonna also elaborate on is the experience of being able to reach out to Aaron and Amy Henning and really come to the point where we felt like, okay, <laughs> We have no words. We don't know how to pray for ourselves anymore. We know that our church community has prayed for us, but just to be able to come to the the, the lead pastors and, and the elders of the church and really ask for an additional sent, uh, load of prayer for ourselves. Um, one of the things that really stuck with both of us through that experience of the elders um, was this sense of being able to learn how to uh, pray with authority and really take the um, situations that we were going through and cast away the fear that was really starting to dig deep in both of us for each of the medical things that we were experiencing and really allow God to take those those fears, cast them out and replace them with truths that um, he really has for us and building our family together. And so that was one of the things that we really have appreciated and have moved forward in, in, in all things that we pray for our family and pray for Lily is that taking authority um, over those, those fears and, and changing them and, and really living out truth that God has for us. A round of applause, please, for Brad and Susie and Lily. And uh, it's wonderful to hear your testimony this morning. So thank you. Well, thanks, Brad and Susie. Appreciate it. And thanks for being here, Lily, and providing the ongoing entertainment uh, while your parents were talking. She's uh, beautiful. Well, my name's Chris Cunningham, and I serve as one of the elders here. My wife and I, we came in July of 2000. And 
we're just glad to know that our pastoral staff has the, the singing skills. That's really cool. Be looking forward to that annual event. Uh, it's my great honor to be able to introduce to be able to introduce to you uh, a very dear couple in our church family, Dutch and Leah Fry. Uh, Dutch and Leah have been at our church for 50 years. Isn't that cool? That's neat, huh? They've been married. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they've been married for 62 years. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're throwing out lots of numbers here, and. Um, uh, they have uh, six kids, three biological, three adopted, and they had three foster kids. And also, they had like 25 kids through their home, foster kids through their home over the years. And uh, just a wonderful couple. You, you might not have known this, but uh, Leah was the one, like the founding director of the Crisis Pregnancy Center. She did that for a couple years. And uh, I think now it's called the Pregnancy Resource Center. And then Dutch, remember, if you're new to this church, this church actually was... Um, over on Norma Street, just off of South Atherton, and with the church and the school, and Dutch had a big part. He's a contractor by trade and training, and uh, he had a big part in helping to build that uh, that school. And so this is a this is a dear couple that's just been involved at all different levels of our church family. So it's a real honor to be able to sit with them a little bit this morning. Maybe Leah, could you just share with us how did you and Dutch meet, and what brought you to this church? Well, he. He was in a senior in high school, and I was in seventh grade. So we didn't look at each other then. <laughs> but many, several years later, um, I was with a friend over in Thompson Town, and I walked up the steps of the hotel uh, in Thompson Town where the kids hung out, and this cute guy came down the steps and said, would you like to go out tonight? And I said, sure, if you'd like to go where I'm going. And... <laughs> And he said, well, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to youth group. Would you like to go along? And this, he went. And we went on a scavenger hunt. And not only did we go, I took my sister with me. <laughs> Good deal. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Dutch, could you share with us uh, some of what, um, what's been going on in your life over the last year, what you've been learning, just kind of a little bit of your journey, what's been happening with you? Chris, I'll start my story back in March. I was uh, taking a nap in, in the bedroom, and as I woke and started to come out, I couldn't see. And uh, six years Six years, about six years ago, I lost sight in my left eye, which I never regained. And as I tried to find my way out to, to see Leah, I said, Leah, I can't see. Uh, I can't see out of my right eye now either. And so I got out and looked around, and it was a devastating experience. When I was younger, one of my greatest fears was being blind. And now I was. I thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to get around? And we right away, we called 
So I called my doctor. I had eye doctor that I had been getting shots in my eye for macular degeneration. And I got to go into the office and uh, they gave me a shot. And he said, this is going to take anywhere from two to four months to, to open up again. And this was not my main doctor. He was out and there was another doctor in. A couple, uh, I guess it was about a week later, my main doctor had me in. He looked at it and uh, we went through the tests and everything. And I said, uh, how long, Doc, is this going to be till I can see again? And he hesitated. And he said, it's not, it won't come back. That was, that was hard. I thought, what am I going to do? I, I can't read. I can't tell what time it is. I can't dial a telephone. All this is going to go on to my, to my wife, Leah. And what a, what a wonderful, wonderful wife I have. A one that, has, that took over and just taken care of everything. So we went home from there and started to plan what we were going to do. And I said, Whatever you do, Leo, do not move anything. I know where things are. I'll be able to walk around and find them. And so, as time went on, I felt the Lord saying to me one day, Dutch, I will open your eyes in my time. You will see again. Not in my time. In the Lord's time. And as the year has went through, I have been able to see a little better. I can ha I have uh, some, how do I say it? Peripheral vision that that I can get around. I can see enough to walk around and get myself around. I cannot dial a telephone. I cannot read. I cannot see numbers. Any of that. But I can. He has blessed me to allow me to to get around. And to continue from that, about a month and a half later, 
I got a call from my cancer doctor. We had done, she had sent me to do some uh, bone, what was it? Bone scans. And I got this call that they have found stage four cancer on my on my uh, spine. Wow. I thought, now what? She said, we're going to give you prescribe a medicine of take some pills and we'll give you a shot but it's a, it is a not a nice medicine it's devastating you're going to lose a lot of energy you're not going to have uh, energy to, to do things you're going to have mood changes of, and and it, you're going to be hot at times and you know as it went through that did happen and I got where I was depressed a lot I was fighting that I had help from from Leah and again the Lord talked to me and said, I will help you. And he has. The medicine is still hard, but he has been with me. He has helped me through it. It is, it is better than it first started. Uh, beginning the year they are going to do tests again and see what is what has uh, happened and how uh, how they need to treat it more and then about a month and a half ago I got the COVID I, w I was sick I went to the doctor they tested me and they said you have COVID. So we went. I went home and I thought, well, I can take care. We'll just stay at home and take care of it there. And it just seemed to get worse and worse. And I said, Leah, I need help. I need help. So they took took me to the hospital. And 2.30 in the morning, they got a room that I got in. And here's somebody that can't see, that can't hear very well in a room. And I was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I know, I, I just, I was scared. I didn't know how to get how to get a hold of the nurses for anything. And finally they they got me in bed that night. And the next couple 
couple days, it started to get a little better, but again, I was deep. I got depressed. Uh, I got disordinated. And that was the, that's what brought me through. I was there for seven days. And uh, the Lord has been with me this year, Chris. Has what is, that's what has brought me through. You've been through a few things. Thanks for, thanks for uh, sharing that. Leah, could you share some of your perspective, kind of how this has hit, you know, how this has landed with you and how our church family has ministered to you? Okay, we decided to split it up because the story really is his, a lot about him growing in the Lord this year, and it's been a wonderful experience to watch what God has been doing with him. <clears throat> I would say that when this all began, the Lord had told me that my work job several years ago was going to be to take care of my husband, and I thought, well, he doesn't need taken care of. Well, this year, we have learned a lot, an awful lot. The church family has come around us in so many ways. I'm going to show you a card, and I told them I was going to show it to them. Fred <laughs> sent me this card. It says, Courage stands tall in the midst of adversity. And that ha he sent me a little over a year ago. And I looked at it, and I thought, okay, that needs to go in the refrigerator. I feel like God is saying, uh-oh, you better get ready. And that has, I've looked at it every day since. It's been very important to me. But God prepared me through a card. We received many cards from this church. I wrote down some of the things that have been very important to us. The cards, the calls. Dutch has had some friends that have called him. One has called him faithfully several times a week, all year, and many others have. Uh, our Bible study group, we've been in a, a family group for many, many, many years. And it just seemed like every time we would get discouraged or I would be discouraged or he'd be discouraged, we could just call the ch our family group and say, just please pray. And we could call the church family and you would pray. And that was so important to us. We were so grateful for it because we know we belong to a praying church. When he got the COVID, I'm not kidding, that hadn't hit the prayer chain more than 15, 20 minutes, when a young when one of our members called me and said, hey, there's a new uh, treatment. You need to be aware of this treatment. So she told me a little bit about it. It was Charles Johnson. I didn't know any what to do. He had COVID. What, what are we going to do? Well, we'll take care of him. But what's, what if he needs more treatment? The next day, Dan Barker called us, and guess what he was telling me about? the new COVID treatments that were out and told us the name of one. So the body of Christ helped us in pl 
you know, planning what was going to be happening. Uh, Pastor Chad, when we were done with COVID, the last day, he and his daughter, Eliza, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, Eliza, showed up at my door with a bouquet of beautiful bouquet of white flowers. I put them up on the up on the kitchen counter where I could see them. I kept them in that bowl or pitcher until every blossom petal had dropped off. It was very special. God gave us many people at the right time to minister to us. One of the most important things we have learned this year, and it's been a struggle, and I'm going to remind you of something. Every single day this year, with very few exceptions, we wake up in the morning, and I go in to give him a kiss good morning and, and say, I get up before he does. And uh, we'll look at each other, and we'll say a verse. And the verse is, this is a day that, that the Lord, Lord has made. made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And that we have worked on that. God has worked on us in unbelievable ways. He never lets us forget. But there's also another thing that I ran across this last week, or two weeks ago, I guess. Oh, by the way, I had COVID when he had COVID, too. I was only diagnosed one or two days later. So when he went out the door, one of the most spectacular things that God did for me during all this year was when he went out the door, you don't know if he's going to come back. All of you have experiences like that. And for just a split second, God remind me of a time 10 years ago when he was at this time of the year, when he was undergoing cancer, another cancer treatment for Hodgkin's disease. And he fell against me. He was sitting, I was standing, and he stopped breathing and during his, his uh, chemo treatments. And immediately I looked up and I said, Lord, you love him more than I do, and you are going to take better care of him. But I also know you're going to take care of me. And I thought when he was put on that gurney to go out to the hospital, I thought, that still goes. If he comes home, wonderful. But if he doesn't come home, he'll be in our heavenly home. You know, we're at the age where we, can, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I look back at Gloria. She didn't know what was going to happen that morning. And it happened so fast. Any of you that don't know Jesus Christ and know the peace that I had, when he went out that door, you need to get to know Jesus. And I mean that. There is nothing greater than the hope we have, that living hope. I'm looking at it up there on the thing. The living hope that we have peace, we have joy, we have everything here. But it co it's going to cost you. You're going to have to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. But this was of post in Facebook, for heaven's sakes, but it makes us, it made sense to me. Mindful Christianity. It's a post from them, written by Rochelle Marta Martin. Sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought it would be like and learn to find joy 
or learn to find peace or learn to find hope or learn to find whatever your need is in the story you are actually living. And I believe that's what we've been learning this year. We're learning how to let go of all the things that don't matter. I have a great big, this is a personal thing, great big television set over my mantle at home. I didn't want a big television set over my mantle at home. But I had to let go what I wanted so my husband could watch a football game. That's important, letting go of what's important for what is more important. That's our story this year. Amen. Well, thanks so much. I, you know, as I was thinking about uh, the journey you've been on, I've been watching, you know, because your lives are on display to everybody. I mean, hearing what God's been doing, the prayer chain, and talking with you on Sunday mornings, this is the verse that came to me this morning. It says, King David writing at the end of his life, he says, I was young. And now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Thank you for this testimony of God's faithfulness in your lives if you're going through this journey. Thank you. Praise God for that. And we... Uh, Amen. Thanks. I needed to hear this. I'm sure many of us needed to hear this, and we're grateful for your, for sharing your journey and your story with us. Thank you. Well, we are grateful for each of these. We'll let you guys make your way back down to your seats, and um, what we're going to do as we get ready to conclude our service here today, in good shape. Um, I want to just share just, just a couple of, of words of encouragement. There has been a, a beauty in being able to hear the stories of what God is doing. What I, what I get to hear on a pretty regular basis is the, the work that God's doing in many of your lives. I don't hear all of the stories. I don't know all of the details, of course. But I get a, a really privileged position when I get to hear how God is walking with you and oftentimes walking you through new joys, new trials, new challenges. And to see the faithfulness of God first to his people, but then to see the faithfulness of God's people uh, in that is really a joy. And, and you've gotten a little taste of that here today. We are in a spiritual battle. You're going to face spiritual battles in the coming uh, year. There's going to be unseen things that you don't, you don't fully know what to expect. There's uncertainty in life. But there is certainty in walking with Jesus, that the things that he will bring to us, he has is, he is promised to be faithful in walking with us even through the trials. And so I want to just give as an encouragement, as you think about the end of this year and as you think about the coming new year, one of the powerful things that we can do is to share the stories of what God is doing. When you think about Revelation, how did they overcome? They overcame by the blood of the Lord, by the blood of the Savior, and by the word of their testimony. There's something powerful when we share the words that God is doing. And to be a church where it's not uncommon to ask the question, what's God teaching you? What's God saying to you, my brother, my sister? And to, to expect that we are walking with the Lord and that he is, is teaching us as we go. 
That's a, a powerful thing. And as a church family, my hope and prayer as we come into a new year is that we would be ready uh, to give that testimony of the good work that God is doing. We certainly need to have our courage built up, and there's going to be trials that we're going to walk through together. So I'm going to just pray for us, and then I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and uh, they're going to lead us out. In fact, Dan said when we were putting together our special music, he said, well, maybe the pastors could join us for the, the closing song. And so we're going we're gonna to join in that as well and just lift up Jesus together. But Father, we are grateful for your faithfulness. And even today in this special service uh, that is a little different than what we normally do, and we're a little more scattered, and, uh, and yet we have the privilege of being gathered together uh, and worshiping our good King. And I pray, Lord, that in this coming year, uh, as we set our sights on you, we set our eyes on you, we are looking to you, Jesus. Uh, we are needing, expressing our need for you, Jesus. We pray that we would find you close at hand, leading us forward, teaching us, helping us in our difficulties, rejoicing with us uh, in our joys. And so, Lord, we, we give you this time. And now as we close this service, Lord, what a wonderful song for us to declare together. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. May it be true of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Could we stand together, church? And may we close the service with a robust and joyful singing of this wonderful hymn.